Hi, everybody. This is your host, Christopher Decker, for another episode of Eureka Moments Only, where we share the breakthroughs and the pivotal moments of top entrepreneurs and thought leaders around the world. Please welcome our very special guest today, Anastasia Seabohm. She's the group CEO of Quintessentially, the global luxury lifestyle group. Today, the group's revenues exceed 80 million pounds. They have a team of 1,000 employees, 60 offices worldwide. Anastasia joined Quintessentially's headquarters in London in 2012 to work alongside founders Ben Elliott and Aaron Simpson. In 2016, she was appointed as CEO of the Americas, relocated to New York, and within her first year, successfully tripled revenues in the region. Anastasia was appointed to group CEO in 2018. She's an authority on the lifestyle industry and luxury market with an unparalleled insight into the behaviors and preferences of the affluent consumer that it serves. She has an extensive knowledge of the latest luxury trends, travel experiences, as well as an acute understanding of the evolution of today's connectivity economy, the changing values and desires of quintessentially members and luxury brands, and their focus on meaningful relationships and authentic human experiences. Anastasia, welcome to Eureka Moments Only. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is really, really exciting because it, it, it couldn't come at a more perfect time to talk about connectivity, to talk about humanity. And I think the first question on my mind is I would like to learn a little bit, little bit more about yourself. What's your story? What's well, my story? Uh, my story, gosh. Um, so I'll keep I'll keep it brief. So as, as you mentioned, I joined Quintessentially uh, it, back in 2012, working closely with the founders. Uh, my story is one of working my way up within an organization I feel very, very passionate about um, and within a brand I love. And um, I was lucky enough to work besides the founders and, and grow alongside them and then the opportunity to come out and run our business in the US. And and now I, I get to I get to be group CEO and work with a team of a thousand amazing individuals uh, all over our 58 offices. So, so my story is one of reading up about a business and hounding them until they gave me a job and then working my way up. Uh, I feel deeply passionate about the lifestyle and luxury industry, uh, about the consumers um, that we look after, about offering you know, best class service. Um, so I think everything to do with the decisions I make and, and who I am are, are deeply rooted in my own personal passions that then translate to the business. Um, personally, I'm of Greek English heritage and I live in New York with my dog Bertie. Um, I'm deeply passionate about my, my Greek heritage, love cooking Greek food, love visiting, uh, visiting my motherland whenever, whenever I can. Um, uh, and you know, yoga, meditation, and some philosophy on the side. What a very well-rounded. So you've got yes. you've got Greek culture, you've got English culture. You're a dog and an mom. American spirit, an American, an American spirit sp running American through spirit, me. and you've got the yoga and the mindfulness and the meditation. Anastasia, thank you. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dig right in if that's okay. Yeah, of course, please do. We talk about the Eureka moments. We go straight for the heart, then we go for the head, and then and then the soul on this show. We talk about these Eureka moments when things become clear, breakthroughs, aha moments, yeah. 
Eureka, I've got it. If you had any when your leg is dead and you're laying in bed and you're like that, that's it. Well, see, the the origin of that is when when there was actually a pause. Um, when the, when there's a pause in life, somehow we 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 start to come up with these with these with these breakthroughs, and we've been given the ultimate pause button right now with COVID nineteen. At least I think so. What what do you think? Yeah, I think it's. I watched this amazing kind of poem video on YouTube, uh, calling it the the Great Realization. Um, I'll send it to you, and it references why hindsight's twenty twenty, um, and it kind of you know we're looking back at this period, and and it's it is the Great Reset. It's the Great Pause. Um, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I was on the road seventy percent of the time. I haven't been on an airplane two months yet. It was one of the last flights back into, back into New York, uh, you, you know, out, out of the UK. Um, I think it has provided us all an opportunity to reflect personally, professionally, where those, where those two merge. Uh, I, think it, I think for business leaders, um, how are we operating our businesses? Many business leaders I've been speaking to, the truth is, is when you are pushed, you, you make decisions difficult decisions at a much more rapid pace so i think i think many of us certainly feel that we should have maybe made some changes in our organization sooner um there are countless you know realizations and and i think most of them are learnings that that are going to benefit everybody on a on a go forward basis Mm. um above all i think we've learned to value the people that mean the most to us more at least that's what I'm hoping comes out of this. Um, you know, that all we have is time with we love, um, and and it's really important to to be present and and our health. You know, mm. health health first. So we were speaking offline for a little bit, and and you started to share a little bit about you know there there's really two groups of connectivity and um, human connection right now. One as a is as a leader of a company, and then two is how you're interacting with your family, friends, and community. Could you could you walk us through how how you're yeah, working so through those issues? Of course. So so maybe here I touch on my two eureka moments over the last you know few months. Um, one is definitely, and you, you mentioned it in your intro. One is definitely what we're describing as the connectivity economy, um, and that is where the value of good services and experiences are driven by a feeling of connection and connectedness, and then the people, places, experiences, and oneself. Um, and I think what's important about this is world went through quite a materialistic phase and then it went through a huge experiential phase which is you know how do we build our experience resume how do we have the most you know the best most fulfilling experiences and travel the world um, and 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 that's kind of when COVID-19 you know really hit us at, at the peak of that um, yeah. I would say that the new phase of of the world and 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 our needs are all around this connectivity economy. So we all are driven by a need and desire to feel more connected and a feeling of connectedness. And, and I think that is to other people, loved ones, thought leaders that inspire us and, and fulfill an intellectual curiosity, um, networks and communities so we're less lonely. 
dopamine, which drives down levels, levels. So definitely connecting with other people. Um, I think it is connecting um, with places. Um, we're, we're definitely seeing a rise in localized travel requests for the future. So, so people still want to be connected to places. They just might not be jumping straight on an airplane and going to the other side of the world for it. But, but even through, through our screens, we're connecting to new places and, and seeing museums we may, and, and exhibitions we may not have gone to or discovering a new city. Um, now there's so much more virtual content available. Um, I think, that, so that's connecting to people, that's connecting to places. I think people are connecting to things in a different way. Um, I looked at, you know, my own home and realized that I'd set it up um, in a way it hadn't been set up before. So I, I connected to my material items um, much, much differently. Um, and then mm. I think people are wanting to to experience it. So experiences is still a part of it, just not all of it. And then the one I'm most interested in is this connecting to oneself. So you you touched mm. on it. We've all had time to reflect. We've all had an opportunity to look inwards. So there really is a drive to be more connected to oneself. And I think businesses, when they look to what their consumers will want in the coming 12 months, 24 months in the coming five years, I do think it's going to be all founded on this, this feeling of connectedness and connectivity. Um, so that's the kind of what, where do I think consumer behavior is going? Um, with regards to leadership in of itself, uh, you know, this is what we were talking about offline. I think the other aha eureka moment for me was definitely as a leader, you have been thrust into an environment that is so uncertain um, and is, is changing so rapidly. And typically, you know, I'm, my teams and I are working to budgets and we're reviewing those budgets and we're, you know, we're building out our plans and we've got a 12-month plan and a three-year plan and a five-year plan. And, right. and, and suddenly everything, you know, has changed and you have to speak to your team with the same uncertainty, you know, that we're all living with and, and, and a degree of vulnerability that didn't exist before, because as a leader, it's typically your job to to know exactly, you know, what's happening and where it's going. And I think yeah. trust, transparency, um, and vulnerability around the uncertain environment um, has made leaders realize that we all need to be more human in business. Combined with now, uh, with all of the Zoom calls, and we're we're now thrown into each other's very personal environments, and many people are taking these calls from their bedrooms, and and you know, and we're all in our homes, so um, it's a much more intimate environment for all. So, so there's definitely a drive around this humanizing of business, which I'm a huge advocate for and feel very passionately about. Yeah. So you have you have this pre-COVID drive toward everything needing to be high-tech. Everything needs to be disrupted with some sort of technology platform. You know, we have to tr we have to change taxis by making Uber. We have to change banking by making PayPal. But I almost think that based on what you're saying is that we got to take that technology and rehumanize it because it's about to become way different playing field. <laughs> Yeah, ab absolutely. And listen, we're in a business that is high touch and yeah. um, technology, is, you know, is our infrastructure, but we are 
it's all about personal relationships. It's all about understanding our members. Um, we're integrated into their lives so deeply and more so now in a, in a COVID-19 era. Um, our members and the value proposition has changed where we are helping them and their loved ones with we're helping them stop, helping them educate their their children. We're helping them um, with requests of much deeper substance and, and emotional attachment. That that ours is all about how deep how deep and strong is the relationship, and therefore how high how high touch can the service be. Um, so, not only at the world at large are we. You know, tech is facilitating everything, but I think everybody has this need um, for a much higher touch interaction. There has to be more meaning to what we're doing. So you've you've opened up and you've you've expressed that there's been more vil- more vulnerability amongst yourself and your team. Maybe more of a direct connection now. But how are you how are you managing all of this internally? And uh, what what is that what does that look like? It, it do you have any peer groups? Are, are you are you speaking with people? How are you personally managing? Yeah, I, I was reflecting on this the other day. I thought, gosh, you know, for the last couple of months, I've really been crisis managing the business, uh, which is a different skill set or you're flexing different muscles. Um, and I was thinking, whilst you're crisis managing the bit, whilst I'm crisis managing the business, I've also had to crisis manage myself. Your stress levels um, are different when you're having to make very difficult decisions um, about team members, your emotional, um, your emotional bandwidth is different. Um, you're thrust into a home environment that's different. Uh, you, your own lifestyle has changed. I used to travel long haul every every seven to 10 days, which meant I got a substantial period of time to sit and reflect. You know, all of these things um have changed so you really do have to adapt your management and your own routine of yourself i would say i have leaned heavily once that realization came i have leaned heavily on peer groups so i'm a member of ypo the young presidents organization which is a collection of chief execs and business leaders all around the world um, that has supported me immeasurably um we we have forums, we have wartime forums where it's a confidential you know, environment where you talk to other business leaders about what they're doing. So I have leaned heavily on peers and, and, and professional organizations for CEOs and business and entrepreneurs and business leaders. Uh, I have called on to mentors and people I admire that weren't necessarily mentors, but people I know that have been through a couple of rounds of crises and sit on a number of boards and, and are very well networked and have insight into you know deep information so i i reached out to anybody i knew that was important and um experienced and i asked for time with them and and they all gave it to me but they were very gracious and and i asked their opinion and on the market on how people mm-hmm. were making decisions so i sought information to fill to fill my own knowledge and i'm a big i'm a big reader um, and I, I try to, you know, H- Harvard Business Review have, have put out some great stuff uh, about leading with anxiety and vulnerability and making difficult decisions. Um, I'm a big on organizational psychologists as well. So I, I try and b- build my toolbox. So I have an interesting question for you. Let's imagine that you're writing a letter 
to yourself. Oh gosh, yes. I had to do this. I went to Harvard in January for a leader an executive course and we had to do this. But yeah, I'm interested ten, to... 10 years from now. 10 years What does it now. say? What are you going to say to your future self? It's so interesting that you talk about this. So I just did um I just did a webinar with an organizational psychologist called Dr. Benjamin Hardy, uh, who is big on his the thing his thing is eat your future self and make decisions today based on your future self so what would you want your future self to do so I suddenly shifted and tried to make move into this deliberate decision making into future self what would I say what would I say to my future self I'd say be kind to yourself the whole world is uncertain that that, you know many people are stressed and um, we're all having to think on our feet. Um, I would say be kind to yourself because, you know, as a leader, um, as I think leaders are a breed that tend to be quite self-critical um, about how else they could have made decisions. So I think that's what my future self would say to me. I don't know. Ask me in 10 years. Mm. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. I think it's, you know, if we're being human in business, I think I think that's an important one. And and, and I think if you're kind, if people are kind to themselves, they have a greater um, ability to be kind to others as well. And I, th- I think that's important. And we're seeing, you know, a huge rise in kindness within business and and the world at large. What a concept! An exciting one. The great realization, twenty twenty. Seriously, what if the new metric is less about cost per acquisition? What if the new metric is how kind you were to somebody? I th- well, <laughs> I think, I mean, a, a business is still, you know, a business with a bottom line. I, th- I think it, but, right. uh, but there is this shift into um, stakeholders uh, as an entire group as, a, as opposed to just shareholders. Um, and, and I think COVID-19 in my opinion, hasn't created necessarily new trends. It has accelerated Mm. the trends of the next five years into a period of five weeks or five months. So much of what we're seeing happen was starting to anyway. Um, And I think uh, kindness within business being one of them. We've gone in so many cool directions here, but it's all boiled down to the connectivity economy. It has. It definitely has. And based on that connectivity economy, the entrepreneurs that are watching this are Eureka Moments family. Mm-hmm. How can we how can we build more connection in what we do? What are some questions we should ask ourselves? And what's some advice? that you you might have to someone who's maybe in your shoes 10, 15 years ago who's just starting out and starting to rise to the top? So to answer the first part of the question, I believe it's what makes clients feel more connected to you as an organization, to the, to the team that are looking after them, and for the, how, do, how do your clients feel more connected to their clients? So, so what drives your customer base in feeling more connected? And then how can you take those answers and build them into your strategies and your delivery? Um, so I think that's what 
businesses can be doing for their customers, what they can be doing for their teams is what matters to our teams. How, how do our teams feel more connected? Um, what is it that, that, that they need? Um, what drives them? Um, and, and when we start asking these questions, many of our answers are the same. Uh, and I think that's the thing that I find most interesting. And then it allows us to, you know, all row in the same direction. And um, so that's, that is what I feel leaders could be doing is asking that very specific question around what makes you feel more connected or what drives your feeling of connectedness. Um, and then what somebody, what I give somebody in 10 to 15 years time coming in to this, it's okay not to know some of mm. the best business leaders of our time right now, some of the greatest minds, uh, political thinkers, the strategists don't know what the and and it's okay not to know. Um, I, but I think we keep need we keep needing to be curious and asking a variety of questions to tr to try and find the solve and find those answers. But but that it is okay to not know. Anastasia, thank you so much for your time today, and welcome to the Eureka Moments Only Family. Thanks. Are are you active on social? Is there a place that we can follow you, sort of follow your journey? Yeah, of course. So um, the company Instagram is at Quintessentially, and then mine is Anastasia with two N's, so A-N-N-A-S-T-A-S-I-A dot S. Um, so that's the business, and, and that is me. Awesome. So I... I for everybody watching this, please um, join the journey of Quintessentially, join the journey of Anastasia, and keep coming back uh, to Eureka Moments only. Our next episode is going to be with Nick Reed, uh, an Oscar-winning uh, creative director. So thank you so much. Thank um, you very much for having me. And, and right. be well and stay safe and everyone be connected. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.